And now, from a studio apartment in Austin, Texas, it's just another movie podcast! to another episode of Just Another Movie Podcast. Mike here. Hope you guys are having a great rest of your day. Uh, it is, uh, as I sit here at my desk, it is Maundy Thursday, um, which, uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about with Monday Thursday, it is Holy Week, um, which, you know, most of the time it is recognized really by the Catholics, um, or at least when it comes to Holy Week, they are, that is the, that is the denomination that tends to take things a little bit, not, I won't say to the extreme, but when it, when you look at it, like, it all kind of steps down from Catholicism. Like, Catholics, I believe, have a church service pretty much every day this week. Um, and it kind of steps down from there. I was raised Methodist. So for me, I don't remember as a kid or even as a teenager, really, I don't remember going to church on Monday, Thursday or Good Friday. Or, I mean, I, obviously everybody goes to Easter. You got the two-timers, you know? Everybody that goes on Christmas and Easter, that's that's it. You see them twice a year. But I, I don't remember growing up, I don't remember going to church on anything but Easter Sunday. My exposure to Holy Week came when I was um, a paid singer um, for an Episcopal church in Baton Rouge, and that was where my first real exposure to Holy Week came into play, and that's because clearly, obviously, we sang about four different services in four days. You know, we sang Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Easter Vigil, and then Easter Sunday. So that was my first real exposure to more of the in-depthness that's a word, right? In depthness, yeah. But um, that that kind of opened my eyes to the idea of Holy Week. So I am sitting here recording this episode on Monday, Thursday, uh, and so if you're listening to it, uh, if you're watching the live stream, you're getting to hear me talk about it now. But if you are listening to this when uh, the episode drops, it is Good Friday, uh, which if you aren't familiar. Good Friday is the day that Christianity recognizes as the day of the crucifixion and death of Jesus Christ. So that is Good Friday. Um, Easter Sunday is the day recognized in the celebration of the his raising from the dead and then eventually his ascension into heaven. So 
I wanted to sit down and do an episode this week all about, and I toyed with the idea, and I didn't want to call the episode my top five favorite Jesus movies. Yeah, that's kind of on the point, but I wanted to open it up to be more, I don't say available, but more accessible and open to other options. Um, So I wanted, you know, to be able to include things that not are not necessarily centered around Jesus Christ. And only one of the films on the list is actually, while Jesus is in it, it's a he's a kind of a side character, <laughs> probably for the first time ever. He's he's a side character, really. So we're gonna get into this room and and remember, we haven't done a favorites episode in quite a while. I think Christmas was the last time we did one, but I wanted to do you know a top five favorite biblical films. So we'll just change it up just a tad. Now, remember, we do, on on Just Another Movie Podcast, we don't do best ofs because, to me, best of or best list are, they are subjective. They are something that you don't, you anybody can say they have, that this movie is the best movie. And I always use the example of when you talk about sci-fi movies, some people might say that Star Wars is the greatest sci-fi movie of all time. I'll say that it's Blade Runner. So it's different. Everybody kind of weighs things a little bit differently. And we, you know, so it's hard to say, oh, these are the top five best biblical movies of all time. Well, what I think is number one, you might not make your list at all. Or it might be number three. And it just kind of, it just opens up the door to just a lot of arguing. More like debating. Like, oh, really? You think that's number one? Well, I'd say it's you know this one. Oh, okay, cool. That was number five. <laughs> you know, so we're not far off. But, you know, so. But anyway, w- top five biblical movies, uh, since it is Easter uh, coming up this weekend, uh, Good Friday tomorrow, so let's get into this thing. Uh, coming in, just right out the gate, number five. One that I think a lot of people have probably never seen. And it's probably for one of two reasons. One, they may have never heard of it. And it's just, you know, obviously, you can't watch a movie you've never heard of. And two is kind of the subject matter and the way that it takes more of a turn and says, well, what if? And, you know, when we're talking about the story of Jesus Christ, that kind of this movie kind of takes an approach of what if? And that is Martin Scorsese's The Last Temptation of Christ. Now, This is a movie that I have probably only seen a handful of times. And I feel like when I watch it, I always get something kind of different 
out of it. I, I see something that I didn't see the first time. So this is a fantastic movie. I have never read the book, uh, but it is based off of, and I'm going to mess up this name, Nikos Kazatoxis? Nope, that's not, that can't be correct. So apologies that I did definitely pronounce that wrong. Um, But it is from his 1955 novel of the same name. And like I said, it was, this was Martin Scorsese wanted, he had a lifelong ambition to make a Jesus movie. And that's what we, he did with this movie. Now, this is one of those movies that at the very beginning, at the very beginning of the film, they have a disclaimer that says, this is a work of fiction. And that should tell you where we're going. Because now, an atheist will tell you the whole dang thing is fiction. You know, but hey, that's that's what you believe and that's fine. Nothing wrong with that, you know. So, this is a work of fiction in that it takes the story of Jesus and then says, well, what if he toyed with the idea of getting married, having a family? What if, you know, and it it all centers around um, Mary Magdalene, which personally, obviously there's no proof of this, but personally, I feel that Mary Magdalene was just as important. She was almost like a 13th apostle. And where, you know, and and I, I don't want this to come off as blasphemous because, you know, I don't, I don't want that smoke. I don't want that trouble. You know, I don't want, you know, I don't want people coming back and going, well, you know, you shouldn't have talked about, I don't want, you know, I don't want that. Um, but personally, I believe that the relationship between Jesus Christ and Mary Magdalene was probably a lot closer than what most of us think about. Because when we think about Mary Magdalene, we think about the woman he saved from getting stoned and one of the women who went to the tomb on Easter Sunday. That is pretty much it. Now, there's probably some little specks and little drops of things in the, in the Gospels. But for the most part, that's pretty much what we know of Mary Magdalene. I choose to believe that there's more to it. That there's definitely probably a closer relationship than we've ever known about. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. And hey, one day, maybe I'll get to find out. I, I don't know. So, <laughs> But The Last Temptation of Christ, it, it really, it makes you think kind of that, huh, I never thought of it like that. And there's, you know, first off, the, the performance of Willem Dafoe, who plays Jesus in, in this one, uh, is fantastic. It's a fantastic portrayal. It's probably, of all of the Jesus movies I've ever seen, it is one of my favorites, which is why it's on the list. Willem Dafoe's performance alone makes this movie um, as, as memorable and as good as it is. And I think a lot of people, like I said at the beginning, 
I think a lot of people, for one of two reasons, have probably never seen this movie. One, they just don't know it exists. Or two, they've kind of heard about it and heard that it wasn't accurate, quote-unquote. Um, and so they've just kind of steered clear of it. And if you are of that second camp, that is perfectly fine. I am not here to tell anyone that their opinion is wrong. Um, but I highly suggest that you go into it and you just go into it with an open mind and see if, see what it does. Now, it's not going to change your beliefs of anything because... There are some moments of the movie that are a little bit, um, what's the word I'm thinking about? Um, surreal. There's definitely some moments where you're like, that, nah. <laughs> nice try, but that, that wouldn't have happened. And there, there are moments like that. But then there's a lot of the movie that is pretty much lifted right out of the gospel. So, it kind of toys with a lot of ideas. And the biggest one is it's it's not like a lust of a sexual attraction is 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 not what this is focused on, but really it's the simple pleasures of family life. You know, and perhaps that's more of a insidious temptation, but I mean, who wouldn't rather play with their kids, then wrestle with the nature of their own divinity, fight the political system, and start a new religion. So it's a very compelling story that focuses on the human man that was Jesus Christ. So it, it focuses on the, the more human, because, yeah, while Jesus was the Son of God, what if, and like I said, this is what this movie really does. It's what if, what if he was the son of God, but he chose to have more of a human earthly life, got married, had kids, had a family life. You know, and that's what The Last Temptation of Christ really, you know, kind of explores. So if you've never seen it before, I highly suggest that you watch it. Um... You know, and just go into it with an open mind. Yeah, you know, you might not like it, and you might watch it and go, oh, this is, I can't watch this. And that's that's perfectly fine. I, I Like I said, I've only seen this movie maybe three or four times. So I, I honestly probably should have watched it before I recorded this episode, but hey, that's all right. Yeah, that's all right. So, you know, but yeah, Last Temptation of Christ coming in. Number five on my favorite biblical movies of all time. So moving on, number four, and we're not going to talk about this one very far because it's something that we've already talked about on the show. Back on one of the earlier episodes, number 100 on the AFI 100 Best Movies of All Time, uh, it is the Charlton Heston film Ben-Hur. Ben-Hur is um, it's quite fantastic. I mean, like I said, if you want to hear me do more of a deep dive into Ben-Hur, then go back uh, to that episode, number 100, uh, Ben-Hur. Go back and listen to that episode where I talk about that one in detail. And it's a whole episode devoted to that. 
So if you want to hear me talk more about Ben-Hur, just go back and listen to that episode. But to give you the Cliff Notes version of everything, essentially, Ben-Hur is about a man who is falsely arrested, sent to sent, uh, sent into slavery, and multiple times during the film, Judah Ben-Hur, played by Charlton Heston, has encounters with Jesus Christ. There's, I think there's one where they stop at a well and uh, the Roman soldiers, you know, are telling the slaves they can't have water. And then you, you never see the face or even the body, I believe, of Jesus Christ. It's only in shadow or per- it's a perceived vision. I, I want to say there's shadow all the time, you know, for the first couple. And then the last one is uh, Judah Ben-Hur finds himself at the site of the crucifixion. And so that, um, I think that's the only time that you kind of know exactly what you're you're looking at. But the other times, um, the, one of the most memorable is when they stop at the well and the Roman soldiers are telling the slaves, you know, no water for the slaves, only for soldiers. And then we see this, this, this character in shadow come up and give Judah ben her water and that that is Jesus Christ and i compare this to if you're familiar hamlet has a uh, hamlet has these two supporting characters called rosencrantz and guildenstern and there's a movie and a play called rosencrantz and guildenstern are dead which is essentially the story of the side characters, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, about what, what they're doing while the story of Hamlet is happening. And I feel like, and I am going to make this comparison, and I feel like Ben-Hur is very much in that same style, where we are, you know, I mean, the subtitle of the movie is Ben-Hur, A Story of the Christ. Now, it's not centered on him. So to me, this is a movie about what else was going on in the region. What else was going on around Jerusalem and Bethlehem and what else was happening during the 33 years of Jesus's life. So that is, you know, it's it's a it's just a fascinating kind of take on everything. Now, of course, Ben-Hur is known for the iconic chariot race. Um, I mean, that's, you can't get around that. The Chariot Race and Ben-Hur is iconic. It's one of those classic film moments, really. So you can't, you can't get out of this without talking about it. But I, I highly suggest that, uh, you go check this one out because while it's, 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 you know, it's a movie about the character Judah Ben-Hur, it is also a story of, the Christ. I mean, it's the subtitle of the movie. So, you know, that's not me saying, you know, it's, uh, it's not. So, all right. So moving on, number three, favorite biblical movies of all time. This is probably the most well-known, and that is Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ. Now, this is a movie that, of course, only focuses on the events of Holy Week. I believe it. It's been many, many years since I've seen it. But I believe that it starts essentially on Monday Thursday, which I, I, if I didn't explain it earlier, Monday Thursday is in in the 
the in the the realm in that kind of category of Holy Week, the that starts with Sunday, which is Palm Sunday, and then it goes into the week. Um, Thursday being Monday, Thursday being the day that it's recognized that Jesus and the disciples sat down for the Last Supper. And then Good Friday is the recognition of the crucifixion and death. Saturday, Easter, you know, some churches do an Easter visual on Saturday nights. Um, that is, you know, that's, a, you know, a service that you don't see a lot of people doing. Some people take the, the day off, um, but some do, Episcopalians, Catholics, um, you know, I know they do it. Uh, I'm not sure about anybody else. Methodists don't. Baptists don't. Um, but then that leads us into Easter Sunday, which, of course, is the day that's recognized as the resurrection of Christ. So, Passion of the Christ. I believe the movie starts on Monday, Thursday. So, really, this movie is only about the last four days of Jesus' life. Actually, it's only about the last 24 hours, you know, yeah, of his life. Because, of course, you know, the resurrection, we can't really count that time, you know. So it's really about the last 24 hours of his life and then, you know, the resurrection. And that's The Passion of the Christ. Now, this is a film that, directed by Mel Gibson, um, it is. it was recorded, or it was filmed... The dialogue is all Latin. Uh, it's all the classic Latin. I think there might be some Greek in there. It, none of it's in English. So it's, of course, it's subtitled, but it's all, you know, it's all the, the biblical language of the time. So it's very, very authentic. And it feels very, very, um, like, uh, authentic's really the word. And I, accurate's not, right? But, yeah, authentic. And so it feels very authentic. And... It is a very, very well done movie. Um, it deserves all the recognition that it gets. Um, but I will say, it's a tough one to watch. Um, it's tough because he, Mel Gibson, pulled no punches when it came to the suffering and death of Jesus Christ. He held back absolutely 0%. So it gets, uh, there are some times in this movie where it gets quite bloody, quite gory, and very difficult to to sit through. But if you, you know, if you can make it through it, it's a fantastic movie, and it's very well done. Um, highly suggest it. And, um, yeah, so... Uh, number two, number two coming up uh, is one of um, my personal favorites, and I know these are five of my personal favorites, but this one, when it comes down to those classic Jesus films, you know, from the 1950s, 60s, 70s, uh, when it comes down to those, we've got some great ones in there. We've got Jesus of Nazareth, The Greatest Story You Ever Told, The Robe, and then you've got my personal favorite of all the classics, which is King of Kings, uh, starring Jeffrey Hunter, and uh, I want to say, who else is in that one? Man, I, I don't remember, but 
Jeffrey Hunter, uh, most famously known for, um, he was in The Searchers with John Wayne, and I believe he was on Star Trek, the original series as well. So he plays the role of Jesus. Um, this is a very, very well done film with an excellent cast. Uh, it's not, it's done very, um, it's very cinematic. It's very, very pretty. It's very, the cinematography is gorgeous. Um, and it's, it's quite, it's quite the film. But when it comes down to, you know, it, it covers the entire life of, of Jesus Christ from birth to death. So it covers that whole 33 year period. Um, and you really get to see, you know, the life and and how we went from being a child, you know, or being a baby, then being a child teaching in the temple, and then kind of that jump to you know that later time, that last year or so, um, in his life. But while it is obviously a story about Jesus, there are other parts of the film that are. Um, that are touched on, um, um, specifically uh, John the Baptist. There's quite a bit of uh, of screen time and uh, devotion to the story of John the Baptist, um, especially after the baptism of uh, of Christ. So there is a lot, you know. There's a lot of story packed into this movie. And it's just very well done. It never gets gory. I don't think there's a single drop of blood in the movie, which is a complete opposite of Passion of the Christ. So it's 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 night and day when it comes to to that. So uh, King of Kings, though, if uh, if you like those classic biblical films, those epics, I think King of Kings is like four hours. It's it's long. Um, Ben Hur is the same. I think, was it Jesus of Nazareth is like six. Uh, so <laughs> take your pick. How much time do you have? That's uh, you know because you cannot. I feel like Jesus movies are never short. Uh, Passion of the Christ is is probably coming in uh, shorter on the runtime, and then uh, um, greatest story ever told. No, that one's. That one's uh, pretty long. Um, Last Intention of Christ, I don't think, is outrageously long. So, um, But those also only cover, you know, a certain time period. So, you know, it doesn't cover the whole life. You can do all 33 years. It's going to take some time. Um, so before we move to number one, I do want to talk about two honorable mentions. I always do a handful of honorable mentions when I do these favorite episodes um, because I can't, it's hard for me to nail it down, you know, and scale it down to five and then take those five and rank them, you know, one through five. There's always stuff that gets booted off of the, off the list. And so I'll usually say, well, these are honorable mentions. I just don't talk about them in detail. So the first up honorable mention is a movie from not too long ago, but it is a Joseph Fiennes movie called The Risen. Um, And it focuses on a Roman soldier who was at the site of the crucifixion, 
and the days after um, that. So it's very, very well done. It's told from a different point of view. And, and it's really about the salvation of Joseph Fine's character. Um, because obviously he watches the crucifixion. He knows that, you know, he knows why Jesus is being crucified. He knows about all the political structure of everything. But as the time goes by and as the days go by, it, you really get to see, um, you know, his beliefs kind of change and the spirituality of things and seeing just how, you know, wrong you know the Roman, the Roman government really was Caesar and Pilate and, and everything. So you really get to see, you know, not really I guess how wrong, but how mistaken they were. I know that's just another word for wrong. But <laughs> and number two, the next second uh, honorable mention. People that are listening to this are probably going, when in the world is he going to talk about Monty Python's Life of Brian? And that would be now, because I I didn't know if it would make the the official top five, but I wanted it to be on there because it's such a funny movie and such a well done movie, and I feel like Monty Python got challenged at some point to make a Jesus movie, and they said, "Okay, we're gonna make it, but we're gonna make it." our own and the idea they came up with is that this character played by Graham Chapman Brian is born nearby and on the same day as Jesus Christ so he is mistaken to be the Messiah the whole time and I'm just thinking the Judeans people front and the people's front of Judea like, it's such a funny movie. <laughs> it's, and it, it's, a, it's a subject that you're like, this should not be funny. But it is. And then you get the absolute iconic moment during the crucifixion when Eric Idle leads everyone in one of the most famous Monty Python songs, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. So, you've got... In the middle of the crucifixion, you've got everybody on the cross. Just always look on the bright side of life. I'm not the best whistler, so. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. It's like, wait, what? And life's a piece of shit when you look at it. Like, this is all saying. And if you don't know that, if you know, you just know the song, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life, whether it's just, you know, from Monty Python or, you know, from Spam a lot, however you know the song, now you know the context of the movie that the song is in. It is during the crucifixion. And it is, it is, it should not be funny. And it's one of those moments that you're sitting there going, like, like the rest of the movie, I should not be laughing at this. But yet, here I am. And I'm dying. <laughs> All right, so before we get to number one, I'm going to throw one more honorable mention out there. And that is Mel Brooks' History of the World, Part 1. 
which is not completely a biblical film because it does move out of that. But the first, I'd say, 45 minutes or so is all um, biblical, which, again, this is not a movie about Jesus Christ. It is. It, it follows Mel Brooks's character, uh, Comicus. So uh, Mel Brooks plays a stand-up philosopher, or as B. Arthur's character calls him, a bullshit artist. So he um, he's a stand-up philosopher who uh, meets up with a um, a an entertainer. He's uh, like a he's almost like a tap dancer, which is fitting because it's played by Gregory Hines, who um, gets hired to be a wine steward uh, for the. Um, the wife of the king, I guess the queen, or the wife of the governor, brilliantly played by Madeline Kahn, which just one of the best, you know, lines in the entire movie is, can we please step together at the same time? My tits are falling off. <laughs> like, and it's just, again, it's a biblical time, and you're like, this shouldn't be funny, but it is. <laughs> It's hysterical. And then, of course, there's the moment where uh, Mel Brooks, your comicus, gets a job as a uh, waiter at the restaurant that hosts the Last Supper. And they treat the Last Supper like it's held in, like, a private banquet room at, like, a Shoney's or something. And so... As he's going up to take their order, the, the manager's just like, push the fish, it's about to turn. Or uh, suggest the mauled wine. So uh, Mel Brooks goes up and and he's taking everybody's orders. (laughs) And there's this whole thing where they're like, we're trying to have our last supper. Leave us alone. He's like, Jesus. And Jesus Christ, what? (laughs) You know, what? Nothing. Jesus, yes. What? Nothing. (laughs) And then Leonardo da Vinci comes in to do the famous painting of the last supper and of course at this time everybody's just seated around a big long table and he's looking at it he's like oh this, oh this is no good anybody who wants to be in the picture get up and go to the other side of the table so they all get up and go to the other side of the table and, and then he they all freeze and he paints the picture so uh but getting into number one number one on my favorite Biblical films of all time. Jesus Christ Superstar. And if you know me in any way, you knew that was going to be number one. So you you knew. I you, Like, you know, it's one of my favorite musicals. Um, it's, it's a show that I've been in before. And it just has a very special place in my heart. So you know, if you know me... Even just a little bit, you knew that this would be number one on the list. And here we are. Of course, Jesus Christ Superstar, based on the Angel Lay Weber musical. Um, coolest thing about this movie is where it was filmed. It was filmed in uh, on location of where these events would have taken place. And there are only, I believe, two, um, two instances where... Anything had to be built or produced to make things work. One was the scaffolding that you see a couple times in the movie. Um, 
you know, that people stand on. The scaffolding had to be built, obviously. And then for the Last Supper, they have it actually take place in the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, and they had to go and plant grass because there was no grass. Uh, they were in the middle of the desert. So they had to go plant grass, and then they had to wait like three months while they filmed everything else. So it was like one of the last things filmed because they you know, had to wait on the grass to grow, and they had to, like, to rope it off and essentially tell people, don't walk here um, because they had to wait for the grass to grow so they could get the shot. And that's the only two times that there is a set built or anything done. Everything else is a natural setting. So even the, there's a scene during, um, right before What's the Buzz, where the camera is panning and we see Roman soldiers walking above ground, and we see there's obviously a cave. They went into a cave to film that, and from um, one of the things that I've, I've always read about, and then they talk about it on the, uh, the commentary track on the DVD and Blu-ray, the home release, um, and they talk about how they went down in this cave to film, and there was a, a, a class of school children having class in the cave. <laughs> so, you know, um, and then there's uh, um, the song Superstar performed brilliantly by Carl Anderson, best person to ever play the role of Judas. There will never be someone and there will never be anyone better than Carl Anderson was um and I'm so happy that I was able to see him in a tour of the show live back in 2003 yeah I think it was like I think it was like wintertime 2003. It was the tour that he did with Sebastian Bach from Skid Row. Now, I did not get to see Sebastian Bach because he was... Uh, the story I'd always heard was that he was fired. <laughs> he was fired from the tour because he kept like trying to make the role of Jesus like rock star. Like he was hitting these like these like screeching notes when they weren't needed, and he was treating the curtain call like you know the end of a concert. Like he's like waving to people like yeah, cheer louder, cheer louder. Yeah, y'all want an encore? No, no, just take your bow and go off stage. Come on. So from what I'd always heard was that he was fired. Um, I will tell you, I stage doored because I wanted to meet Carl Anderson, get an autograph on a playbill. Um, and I was, I was able to do that and sweetest man, uh, I've ever met as a performer. Uh, he stayed out in the snow in Ohio in the middle of winter and talked to everyone that wanted to talk to him. He probably spent easily 30 to 45 minutes out in the freezing cold in the snow, uh, just talking to fans and getting fan, getting, giving fans the opportunity to talk to him, meet him, uh, take pictures, get autographs. Super nice guy, and sadly, um, not long after um, he passed away uh, from leukemia. So, um, you know, a sad loss in the musical theater world there. Um, you know, but this movie, it's it's really all about the, um, you know, story-wise. Yeah, it's a story about Jesus Christ. Um, and it focuses on 
the Holy Week events. So it starts um, probably a couple of days before Palm Sunday, um, and then we go from Palm Sunday in through the uh, crucifixion. So, um, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, this is a movie about Jesus Christ. This is the same old story that we've heard long before, that we've heard, you know, over and over again, except it's just such rock music. And I beg to differ. Yes, the events of the story are the same. They, um, you know, there's not really much you can change unless you're the last temptation of Christ and you just change everything. But um, there's not really much you can change if you're wanting to stay accurate to the story. Um, But to me, Jesus Christ Superstar is more about Judas. Judas is, to me, is the main character of Jesus Christ Superstar. Jesus is just the um, the title character. Um, and that Judas, this movie is really about Judas. Because to me, Jesus Christ Superstar has always been the story of two friends. It's always been the story of Jesus and one of his disciples, one of his best friends, um, you know, Judas Iscariot. Not only is there just fantastic music, I mean, to me, um, it is Andrew Lloyd Webber's best work. And of course, everybody's going to say, oh, what? No, it's Phantom. Phantom's fantastic. But Phantom is just the most successful of his sto- of his musicals. I mean, it's just now getting ready to close on Broadway after like 30 years or something like that. So... For me, like it's it's always going to be Jesus Christ Superstar. Maybe I'm in alone in that thought, and that's fine. But you know, hey. But um, yeah, great. It's a great film, and there's some amazing moments in it. And one of the ones that I love is, and it's something that was not planned, and I had never seen it before until I was watching it probably two or three years ago. And I was like, "Oh, I've never watched it with a commentary. Let's 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 watch it with a commentary. Let's hear take uh, the commentary is Norman Jewison, uh, who's the director, and uh, Ted Neely, who plays uh, Jesus. So, at the end of the movie, there's this shot of the cross on uh, Calgary, um, or Calvary, not Calgary. Calgary's in Canada, wrong place. So on Calvary." or Gargotha, the place of the skull. Um, And you see this figure walk through the frame. And I had never noticed it before because of the lighting with the sun and everything. Unless you're looking, you can't, you don't really see it, but it's like this little blip that just kind of crosses in front of the screen. Unprovoked, unplanned, it is a shepherd leading its flock. And that was a natural thing that happened during the filming of the movie it's the last shot of the movie so if you watch jesus christ superstar over the weekend or uh, over on easter or anytime really you can watch it anytime uh next time you watch it watch all the way to the end and look for that at the very end of the film uh, and you'll see uh you'll see a shepherd leading a flock uh across the frame so yeah but that's gonna do it that is my top five biblical films of all time like I said, I always do favorites. Uh, I don't do best ofs because, you know, like I said, best of, you know, what I consider to be the best of or the best, you know, biblical film, you may not. So 
I always do favorites. So, but thank you guys for listening. And uh, if you're watching on the live stream, I've seen a few of you pop in. So, hello to all of you who have popped in and uh, have been watching on the live stream. Uh, this episode will go uh, will go up tomorrow. For those of you watching, um, for those of you listening, happy Good Friday. Uh, have a great rest of your Easter weekend. Hopefully the Easter bunny is really good to you and brings you lots of chocolate eggs because, you know, nothing says let's remember the death of our Lord and Savior like a Cadbury cream egg. All right. I'll see you guys next time. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode, which uh, is going to be a return to the AFI 100 uh, and I believe the last episode we did on Blade Runner, uh, we decided we're going to do a random uh, draw on which order we watch the movies in. Instead of going from 100 to 1, we're going to randomize. Uh, and I rolled the dice, and we came up with number 3, which is Casablanca. So I'm planning to watch Casablanca this weekend. I've never seen it before, so definitely excited to watch that. going to watch Casablanca this weekend and then record uh, probably uh, either over the weekend or early next week. So be looking for that. Uh, I'm going to try to get onto a schedule where I'm possibly loading up an episode at like once a week. Try to get on the same day, like every Friday or something like that. So stay tuned. Uh, make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast um, platform. We're at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Uh, we're also on Spotify um, and Amazon Music and Audible, which I applied. You know, I always joke that I want Audible to give me that sponsorship deal. Well, I finally found out where you apply, and applied for it, and quite, we, you know, we fell just a bit under uh, the qualifications for it. So, it's a goal. It's something to work for, because I want to get you guys free audiobooks from Audible. That's what I want to do, and since the show's on Audible, I want my sponsorship, dang it! Come on, Amazon! No, they literally sent me a checklist of, here's what you need to do to get accepted. This, this, this 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 about eight or nine things that i need to do before they will allow me to join but you know so stay tuned hopefully in the next uh six months or so gonna be throwing you guys out a promo code get you some free audiobooks but again thank you guys for listening make sure you subscribed on your favorite podcast uh apps and uh yeah i'll see you guys for the next episode